Welcome to another edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. Uh, the ONG Strike Zone. Brian. And uh, all right, there we go. <laughs> yeah, make sure we can we can all we can all hear everybody. Uh, we're live and direct uh, from our home studios here, broadcasting on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, fellas, Kofi, Kelvin. It's good to see. I'm, I feel like I'm doing a little double duty tonight, so uh, I, I, I'm going to lean on my brothers today. Uh, Kofi, man, how you doing? calm down, man. Calm down, man. You got it. You got it. You got it. You're good. You're a professional. You make it happen. You can multitask. You can make the world turn. You can make it happen, man. You're doing good. Love your, well, I love, always love your enthusiasm in these situations, Kofi. Uh, I, I can't wait to turn over. I can't wait to turn the keys of the 18-wheeler over to you one day. You don't want to do that because my life will be suspended <laughs> and stuff like that. Stuff be going on. Don't want me to Kelvin, what's good with you, man? How you feeling, brother? <laughs> How the brothers doing, man? It's good to be with y'all again, man. We got a lot to talk about, man. A lot to get into. Yes, sir. We do. I don't know what's what's going on. Anything going on on Rattler Nation today, man? I seems just like another Wednesday, right? No? You need to stop. You need to stop. See, you stirring the pot, being messy. See, that's my job to be messy and stuff. Now you being messy. Uh, it's a lot going on in Rattler Nation. Lot going on. I'm just gonna be the quarterback, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be throwing a lot of short passes, and uh, I'm gonna just let you guys do all the work. How about that? That'll work. That'll work. Let's go. We got you, brother. All right. Hey, uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, uh, thank you for doing that. Go ahead and hit the uh, like and subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube. And if you are watching us on uh, Facebook, uh, make sure to uh, like the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page or our Black College Sports Network Facebook page or our ONG Strike Zone Facebook page as well. All of those locations is where you can find our show. Uh, of course, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. I just posted on Instagram a recap, actually a two-part of our interview with Aja Jones from last week. So if you happen to miss our interview with the newest uh, FAMU volleyball recruit, a transfer from Florida Gulf Coast, you can go over to our Instagram page and check out that uh, two-part interview, two different feeds there. So it was a good interview, great conversation with Aja. We we uh, we we always love getting a chance to talk, and uh, we're we're in the works. We're working on some other stuff, guys. Uh, we might have some big names, of course. Next week, it's National Signing. Well, actually, yeah, next by next show next week, it's National Signing Day. So we're we're in the works. Strike twenty-two. Uh, working on uh, A.D. Gaucher, working on Coach Simmons, might even have a few recruits on the show as well. 
So really looking forward to that show next week as we kind of get to take a look under the hood and see what's going to be uh, revving the engine up uh, this upcoming fall season. And uh, coming up a little later in this show, we get a chance to talk with uh, a, uh, a recent FAMU alumni, alum, uh, alum, alumna, alumni, how do you say that? Uh, alum? Alum. Thank you. I, I, you know, I knew there was a fancier word, but I stumbled all over it. Uh, Miss Ty Floyd, uh, Miss uh, Ty is actually a uh, digital journalist, digital content journalist, uh, digital sports journalist. We'll get that right. She's actually, if you've been paying attention to some of the SWAC basketball updates, she has been uh, doing a great job uh, doing the uh, SWAC weekly updates. Uh, I think they've been weekly or maybe bi-weekly, but uh, she's a FAMU grad, I believe 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Might, might be 19, but I think 2020. But uh, she uh, she's doing some great work. Um, really knows her stuff. And so she's one of the uh, rising stars that have come out of the School of Journalism. So I, I think it's great to kind of get a chance to talk with her uh, and, and kind of get a feel for uh, things from her perspective. Obviously, she's a newer grad, so it's good to kind of be closer to the student body and kind of hear uh, that view. Well, fellas, we are still, look, we told you, how many weeks ago, fellas, did we tell the world we were a basketball school? How many weeks ago was it? We tried to tell them a week. Yeah, we we told we told America, FAMU's a basketball school, and uh, Coach McCullum and the boys have uh, have backed us up as the Rattlers are now winners of five consecutive games after a great weekend in the Lawson Center. Uh, I, I'm going to first off give a shout out to the crowds. I thought the crowds were good. I'm not going to poo poo on. The numbers, because I think the enthusiasm showed, even even whatever the numbers were, um, we had a great crowd Saturday for the uh, come from behind victory against Alcorn State, uh, FAMU won seventy to sixty eight, and then of course uh, we took down that school from Mississippi. Um, not going to say their name, but uh, those Tigers, we, we tamed the Tigers, tamed the Tigers, um, sixty seven sixty four to win our fifth consecutive uh, game. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Kofi. Uh, brag a little bit about our basketball program. We are a basketball school now. Well, we can seal the deal once we win the championship. I believe I was trying to convince you in terms of what our ceiling was, and you were kind of in doubt. So now do you see what I was talking about, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As always, you seem to be prophetic when you speak, so I, okay, I will do a little so better job of listening. No worries. So, um, also, did you see uh, in the Alcorn game, did you see our team press at the end of the game and see what happened? <laughs> yes, I saw that, too. Yes, 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 you're yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Turned the game around. We ended up winning. So, you know, hey, I, 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 like I said, I think, you know, um, confidence uh, helps your team to go to that next level. And so our team is building – uh, confidence. They have not picked. The good thing is we have not peaked yet. We're not playing the best basketball that we can play. And so there's still room for a ton of growth. And by the time the tournament comes around, I think we'll be in really, really, really good shape. So I'm looking forward to uh, what the rest of the season is going to bring. 
We've got a couple of tough games this weekend in Alabama versus Alabama A&M and Alabama State on the road. Those will not be easy, but uh, they're winnable games. We just have to play our game and play well, and hopefully uh, our Rattler Nation friends and family in the Atlanta area, in the Birmingham area, in the Huntsville and Montgomery area will come out and support the team. Well said. Um, that win on Saturday night, or uh, I guess Saturday afternoon, um, an outstanding come from behind. That was a game in which Alcorn pretty much led that game for what? Uh, for 30, Three minutes, 39 minutes and several seconds. Um, as uh, they really kind of collapsed a little bit under, as you said, a little bit of pressure. But, you know, they just missed a few shots, but we slowly reeled them in. Uh, they had a lead. Alcorn had a lead by about as much as uh, 12 at one point with about three minutes to go, I believe. And, fam, you closed on a 15-2 to run in that final three minutes. Outstanding job. And closed it off with a Johnny Brown three-pointer. Uh, 6'9 forward, 210-pound junior. Um, I forgot exactly where Johnny's from. Looking it up right now. Um, Daytona Beach. From out of Daytona Beach, Florida. Big-time shot. I, I mean, you know, you expected MJ to get the ball, but Johnny, with confidence in the world, stroked that shot from the top of the key uh, to give FAMU the lead, and we ended up winning that ball game. And uh, that, that was a game which – look, put us right there in the second place hunt because Alcorn was sitting tied for first coming into that contest. Uh, Calvin, I, I, you, you were there. Uh, I, unfortunately, I had some things to deal with, uh, and so I wasn't able to see you there or see uh, you and uh, Kofi there, but you guys took some great photos, by the way. Uh, what's your takeaway from what you've seen from the men this weekend? Saturday was just big. <laughs> because Alcorn was the next biggest test we had we have on our schedule conference-wise outside of the Southern game. So I wanted to see how we how we matched up with them. They are a very good shooting team. They shot extremely well from the free throw line as well as the three-point line. Uh, and, and it's not just one player. They had about three players that, that really can play. And um, even though they're not the longest team, um, they are very athletic team, quick, quick leapers. And uh, I thought from the eye test, they were the best team I've seen that we've faced in the swag. They were better than Southern. Southern. Um, and they led the game most of the game. Um, we played decent, not great most of that game also, though. But we, we kept hanging around, we kept staying in the fight. And with about seven, somewhere around the seven-minute mark, two things happened. Um, we had a player to file out, uh, DJ Jones, and um, which caused uh, our other bigs to play more minutes. And from an offensive standpoint, sometimes they're a little bit more versatile. You talked about Johnny Johnny Brown. If you had watched him when we were on our road trip, uh, you knew that he was a three-point threat. And, and have, have confidence. So he, he, he would be ready for a moment should it arrive. And then the other thing happened was that 
uh, they started to slow the game down, trying to run the clock. And our defensive intensity picked up. Um, and we really caused them to make uh, to try a couple of tough shots. And we, re re we, re re we rebounded the ball. In those last five minutes, we shot the ball the best we ever shot the whole game, right? Uh, I only remember maybe one or two missed the whole time. That's including that free throw line. We got hot. They started turning the ball over, as uh, COVID mentioned. And uh, what I thought we would do, you got all our players was pretty much back now. So we had the depth. We had, the, you know, we had, you know, more guards, more people in the rotation. Uh, I think they were in a little bit of better basketball shape also. So um, the crowd got into it, man, once we got that thing on the, on the eight. And, and, you know, pressure bus pipe. They, they, they choked, man. They have to say it. We played well. Now, we caused legitimate the turnovers and everything and uh, made the plays. But, but man, they, they got tight, man. They got real tight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, 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 the, and the plays was so loud. I want to say, you know, and the thing was, we had our recruits there. We had about six or seven football recruits there, including Chris Miller, the four-star from the um, Georgia area. And, uh, and, and there's video of some of them reacting as the crowd get cranked up uh, for that game and, and um, cheering on. The atmosphere was electric, I have to say. The student session, the hundreds, man, y'all doing your thing, man. Y'all keep that up, man, because it, it, it's a beautiful thing. Hey, did, did any of you guys see the video? If you go and see the video, obviously the, the golf team celebrated by getting their rings at halftime. In the video, after the three, uh, or maybe before, it's when the crowd was at their peak and everyone swag surfing. You can see in the front row, you see Coach Rice. You see Coach Rice in there with his guys, like on the front row in the student section, exactly, swag surfing. And I'm like, there's our golf coach. Shout out to Coach Rice, swag surfing with the students in like the first or second row, man. That was, I don't know if anybody picked that up, but I saw that. And that just, that just warmed my heart, man. I, I'd love to see that. Um, I'll tell you, I've been impressed. One of my biggest things about our, our early non-conference was we weren't shooting the ball very well. Again, in this winning streak, maybe outside of the Mississippi Valley State from behind the arc, we've shot well over 35% from the three. In that game uh, Saturday, we shot in total 9 of 17 from behind the uh, three-point line four of five in that second half, 52.9%. Uh, and I, and I, if you guys remember, I told you the difference maker that I thought right now between a lot of teams with experience and teams that were losing was, can you make shots from deep? You know, and so we weren't making them then, but now we seem to be hitting them. You know, uh, you brought up Johnny Brown. He was two of three. Um, MJ only hit, only shot and hit one. Keith Littles was two for two. Uh, we had Cameron Reeves that came back. He was one of three. Uh, Jai Clark was three of eight. I mean, uh, good production. Again, MJ with another 20-point performance. Keith Littles with 16. Uh, Bryce Moraine with 11. And then, uh, of course, uh, Johnny Brown with 10. Don't forget Clark had nine, all threes. But but those guys, you know, we, we did it. Uh, they did it. Uh, they did a great job, and, and we shot really well. And, you know, I, I've had a chance to kind of follow Alcorn and be really close as I had a chance to cover their game on Monday. 
against Bethune, and that is a good team. I, I haven't seen Southern play. Uh, Alcorn and Southern play Saturday. That's going to be a great game to watch uh, just from an outsider's perspective. But if Al- Alcorn is definitely a team that goes nine deep uh, on any given night, they got six guys who can be their leading scorer. So for us to get a big win against Alcorn, um, and, and that's, that speaks volumes, volumes for where our team is right now. Uh, the Jackson State game. Uh, Kelvin, did you get a chance to go to Jackson State on Monday? Absolutely. I, I want to make sure I'm in the house in town to Rallis play, man. I want to practice what I preach, right? I'll be asking people to come show up and support the team, and I'm, I'm, I'm committed to doing my part. So, yes, I was there. Um, that game was a, uh, a different game. I'm, I'm wondering if we were a little tired, maybe, um, since we had some guys that had been out and we spent so much energy Saturday with that comeback uh, because that game was a was a battle of attrition. We led most mostly the whole game, pretty much, um, but we struggled a lot. Right, free throw shooting specifically, man. Uh, yeah. It was really, really bad, man. It wasn't the game would have not even been close had we made even seventy percent of our free throws, man. It was it, so that was we were seventeen of thirty two. Yeah. 17 of 32 on Monday against uh, against the Tigers, uh, and, and we lose and we win by three. Right, right, right. right. So, so we were we were aggressive, um, which is why we shot so many free throws. But we just did not maximize taking advantage of that. Uh, but like I said, in spite of that, we still led pretty much the whole way. We did in the second half, allowed them to give within. Um, two or one maybe at one point. I don't think they ever took the lead, but uh, they got it down from eight to ten, which was the way it was a lot of the game. Uh, late to, you know, it was, a, it was a battle. But we did make the defensive plays we had to make, and um, we made free throws. The, the seven we made, I think five of them was down the stretch. <laughs> uh, yeah, largest lead of the ball game was 11 for the Rattlers. Uh, Keith Littles led the scoring with 18. I think that's the first time in uh, probably several games that MJ was not the leading scorer. MJ Randolph was not the leading scorer. Uh, he had 11 on 4-12 shooting, so he definitely had a rough night from the field, but you expect Jackson State to be targeting him uh, defensively. I mean, he's the leading scorer in the conference, so w- without a doubt, you know their focus was on him, but shout out to Keith Littles for stepping up. Uh, Bryce Moraine dropped 14 points and nine rebounds. Uh, as well, and then uh, DJ Jones, Cameron Reeves both uh, dropped eight points uh, a piece. And, and like you said, um, you know, short of the free throw shooting, uh, the three point shot wasn't there. But but you can tell with the aggressiveness and going to the bucket, we we, we shot more free throws than our opponent. I mean, we went thirty two times to the line. Jackson State only went nineteen. So when you can do that. Uh, you can get wins, and uh, we held on there. And uh, the Rattlers are seven and eleven in conference, five and two in the SWAC. Uh, Kofi, can you recall with the last? I don't think in my lifetime the FAMU basketball program has had a five-game conference winning streak. Uh, what you're you you seem to be a you are no not seem to be you are a very good historian of things like this, random facts like this. Uh, can you recall a winning streak of this nature? 
uh, in, in our time as Rattlers? I think we did it last year, actually, when we had a homestand. Um, and definitely the year before when we went undefeated at home. Um, we definitely did it under Gillespie. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we've been up and down as a basketball school, but, you know, uh, this is an opportunity for us to, to really build. And I want to say, get some better quality recruits, even in, uh, with all the momentum that football is getting and our other sports are getting, you know, the atmosphere, our facilities, especially basketball wise, uh, I think there's that there's definitely an opportunity for us to really go to the next level. So, yeah, man, this is definitely a, a time to really get excited. We need to seal the deal. Definitely going uh, on this little road swing, and if we can finish strong, what when does Cookman come? That's the last game of the season. Yeah. Okay, so we need at least one sellout. We play Texas Southern on that's that NBA TV game, right? Yes. Okay, so we still we could get just uh, gradually build from right where we are. I think we're we're trending in the right direction concerning our basketball program, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, um, we had about 2,100 for the Alcorn game. Uh, just looking at the box score, I don't have the numbers for the Jackson State game, but um, it was you know, slightly to me it was slightly more people. It was more people on Monday night. Right. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. See, that's the contagious. See, that's the winning, con the, the, the contagious feeling of winning. And that's that hatred for that old freaky school over there in Mississippi. That's that's part of that was the fact that uh, that school over there that's, that's Mississippi. in Mississippi, whose colors happen to be blue and white, uh, that's a growing rivalry. And so... Uh, I you thought know, it was red, blue, and white. Red seems to be something. Red is not even a part of their darn color scheme. They just really? put it up oh, in there. No, the colors me. are blue okay. and white. All right. You could have fooled me with all the red. They I made that up on line. Just let <laughs> stop. <laughs> hey, uh, the schedule. They just made the that up, add red in there like that's one of their colors. Their colors is blue and white. Stop it. Stop Throwing it. red up in there. Stop like they're America uh, or something. Uh, the standings for the men, FAMU sits in a tie for second, uh, a half or one game behind Southern. Southern sitting in first place in the conference with six and one. Uh, FAMU has the longest, uh, the best winning streak right now, five games. We sit tied for second at five and two with Grambling and Alcorn. Uh, obviously, we beat both teams, so that puts us primarily in the number two spot, uh, the tiebreaker side. Texas Southern sitting at five and three. Uh, they played one more game than uh, all of everybody else in front of them. And then uh, behind them, you got Prairie View even at four and four. And then uh, a host of teams under 500 led by Bethune-Cookman, including uh, this weekend's opponents, Alabama A&M and Alabama State. So Monday was kind of one of those separation days in the conference because you had seven teams that were all within one game of second place. They were either at second or one game out of it. So, uh, you know, this weekend again, big weekend for FAMU. Two winnable ball games, but they are on the road. So we, we've got to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we cover those, uh, those, those, those contests. Um, 
let me jump over to the women. We we got to talk about the women for a quick second. Yes. I, it, it'll be just a quick second. Uh, we uh, unfortunately the ladies did get a win by a forfeit against Alcorn State, and then the big bad Tigers, the Lady Tigers, uh, Jackson State came in Monday. Woo! Uh, how, what what can you what can you say? Uh, Ninety to thirty four was the score. I mean, you know, we would not tell the truth. Now, you know you saw this blowout coming, for real, now. Yes. You know, yes. our team, yes. I mean, Coach Pillow, we had starters out, key elements of our team that have been down with COVID for two weeks. Um, we're building a rebuilding squad. Uh, our system hasn't necessarily been established yet. We haven't been playing stellar basketball, even with when those people were there. So, but we were improving. Let me be clear. We were improving, but, you know, we need all hands on deck. When you play a team uh, that has been this consistent like Jackson State, I mean, they literally have two All-Americans that are coming back from even the COVID thing. So these girls can play. They're a good team. And, you know, we're not there yet. But I do see the blueprints. I see the fingerprints for future success. We just need to stay the course. We need to encourage these girls. We need to do a bang-up job recruiting in this offseason. And uh, I think it's there for the taking. I think that, you know, we have a history and a tradition of having a very solid women's program at Florida a University. And uh, our teams have, in the past, competed at a high level. So although this is a new beginning, this is a slow beginning, this is a small beginning, I'm encouraged that we're going to be at a championship level sooner than later. Go ahead, uh, Kelvin. Uh, your thoughts there uh, quickly. Got about a, a minute. Don't have uh, much depth. We don't have much size. And um, we turn the ball over at a high rate. Uh, Jackson State is very big. I think they sit three, six, four uh, down low. Uh, they're very deep. And so, and, and they've beaten everybody in the swag by double figures. Oh, yeah. They haven't had a close game. So, so you don't want to see that kind of beat down, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, it, it shows us how far we got to go and what the competition is, what what cream look like right now. So, yes. so, Man, so we have- okay, we'll just continue to compete. Uh, and the rest of the season, then we just we just got to get some some more horses. That that team may not lose in conference play or the tournament. I mean that. What you mean, may? Unless somebody yeah. get hurt. Well, yeah, I can call that right <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Hey, I, I do want to say though, for a lot of people out there who are like, oh man, losing by fifty or sixty, it's embarrassing, and and we, you know, and and. Uh, uh, whatever you want to complain, those who want to complain about Coach Pillow, all I'll say is that's just the second time this season that we've lost by more than 30 points. So for to, to pay a broad stroke and say they aren't in, in these contests and aren't competitive is false. We ran up against a juggernaut, the best team probably in black college division one women's basketball. And they they were they were feeling it, and we were coming off of not being healthy, probably not even maybe practice time uh, as a full unit. So I mean, I get it. If you don't want to factor that stuff in, okay. But the reality is, 
that is a hard team to beat in it, and they're going to be a tough beat for everybody in the swag. I don't care who you are. So um, I just want to get that off my chest. All right, and, we're going to step away. Yeah. Coming back on the other side, kind of conversation with Miss Ty Floyd, who's going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the SWAC basketball action, as well as a little bit about her background and, and how she got to where she is right now and uh, the a rising star in this uh, multimedia journalism or sports journalism game is Miss Floyd. So we'll, we'll talk to her in just a moment. Hang in there on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Cover's voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. Intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Tell them I'm a hungry. 
Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. It's our pleasure to have on one of our fellow Rattlers, Ms. Ty Floyd, who uh, if you guys have been paying attention recently, uh, Ty has been dropping some great digital nuggets out on social media uh, covering SWAC hoops. Ty, welcome to the ONG Strike Zone. Thank you for coming on with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that. So I first found and, and found and introduced myself to Ty back in 2019, covering that season. She was still a student at uh, FAMU uh, in the J School program. So Ty, why don't you let people know uh, a little bit about your background, um, and, you know, obviously coming through the J School and just how you found your way to FAMU. Well, I love telling this story because I grew up in an area that is a predominantly white area, and I used to always go across town. If you're from Orlando, I used to hang out at Jones and Evans High School, which were the schools that, you know, are uh, predominantly Black, and I really enjoyed, you know, just hanging out with them, and I knew that I wanted to go to um, a school that would teach me about myself, that would teach me, you know, just about the culture and where I could be immersed in it. I figured I have my whole entire life to be a minority. You know, I would love to go to a school where I could be a part of the majority. But in my mind, it wasn't FAMU, it was Spelman. So I had, you know, made a list because, you know, I, my dad was like, you know, you need to start applying for colleges, you know, let me know what the fees are. So I gave him this list. And it's like Spelman and I had like stickers. It was like around the Spelman. And then I had like Clark Atlanta, North Carolina A&T, like all these oh. HBCUs. And then at the very bottom was FAMU and his alma mater, Florida State. And I get this letter, it's back on the refrigerator. It's like, no, 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 explicative no. Yes, yes. And the two yeses were FAMU or Florida State. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to Florida State just because there my dad is uh, he actually got inducted into the Hall of Fame when I was in college. But he'd been working for Florida State for a very long time. And I was like, you know what? Now I would rather go to FAMU. My mama went to FAMU and she has a very similar story of my granddaddy saying she couldn't go to Spelman. So it, it's so funny. But I ended up going to FAMU and it's the biggest blessing that you know, has ever happened to me. I am a rattler through and through. Um, as far as the J school goes, I knew I wanted to be involved in sports. I was a hooper, but I knew I wasn't going pro and I didn't want to go somewhere far off and uh, to go to school. So um, I was like, I'm either going to be a sports doctor or I'm going to be a sports journalist. And it just kind of really fell into place for me. I realized that um, this is what I was supposed to do. And so going to J school really molded me into the woman I am today. And then in sports, you know, it always motivated me because when you walk into the convergence area where it has all of our student medias, there's a picture of Pam on the wall. And so I saw her every day, every single day, walked past it, looked. And then as it got into my senior year, Tiffany became a distinguished alumni member. So yeah, that's how I got into J school. Have you had a chance to uh, 
have a conversation with uh, Tiffany or or Pam, and and I mean, obviously, you see them on the wall and you see them on TV, but it's it's a whole different thing when you get a chance to either be working near them, next to them, or just have a conversation. Have you have you had that opportunity yet? Yes, my actually even before I moved in to the village, the Pokinghorn Village is what it's called now. But before I even moved in. Pam came because they were unveiling a hall in the journalism school for her. And she had um, like a, like a discussion with us and she really dropped gems in that discussion. And I thought that it was very important for me to hear, especially before I started within the journalism school, because she got me prepared for come throughout my underclassmen years, freshman and sophomore, she came back and she held boot camps. Now, Pam's first beat was agriculture because she says when she was getting hired, they saw the Florida agricultural. So they were like, okay, yeah, you know, you can have this agricultural beat. And so with that being said, when we did the boot camps, she didn't allow us to do sports stories. The thing about Pam is she's at her core a journalist, not a sports reporter, not a sports broadcast. She's a journalist. She has a real love for journalism. So we weren't even allowed to do sports stories. I did two of her boot camps. And then with Tiffany, our bond to me is very special because when I was in high school, Tiffany worked down in Orlando for uh, what was Bright House Sports. And she interviewed me and it came full circle because I got to interview her. So it was just such a cool thing. Nice. Nice. Uh, Kelvin, go ahead. Now, did I think I recall seeing you around athletics when you were a student. Did you uh, get a chance to work with uh, Vaughn and some of the, or with the fam, you and some of the uh, the uh, sports athletes? And if so, talk about that experience. Vaughn and my father are actually really good friends. My dad, his name is William Floyd. He played for Florida State in the 90s and then went on to play for the 49ers, the Panthers. And him and Vaughn actually are good friends. They grew up in like the same area in Tallahassee before my dad ended up moving to St. Petersburg. And Vaughn really put me in place to do quite a few things around um, family athletics. Um, but my, initially, I was more, I love Florida State. I want to cover Florida State, you know, like it's my name's like, you know, I, I wanted to be there. And as time kind of went on, I was like, that, that's not where I'm supposed to be. You know, if that's where I was supposed to be, God would have directed my steps there, but he didn't. So you need to be where you're at, where you're supposed to be. And once I got into FAMU, it was just so awesome. A lot of people, you know, really a lot of the athletes really bonded with me because, you know, I have a knowledge of football. I go up to them and be like, why were you doing that? Why didn't you do bail technique? You know, and they'd be like, what did you just say? You know, they, they would be very shocked, you know, that I knew about certain things. And, you know, the reason why I do what I do, and I know we'll get into that later, but the reason why I do what I do, especially in this space is because I've walked the hallways, you know, with these guys, sat in the same classes with guys who are, you know, married, who have children, who have overcome disabilities, you know, who have made it out of, you know, circumstances that, you know, were not fair to them to be here in the same place on this land, you know, that was a plantation infested with rattlesnakes, you know, with snakes that our ancestors built up for us, you know, and I just thought it was very important for me to use my platform use my talents to, you know, 
bring the light to what they're doing. And I'm, I feel like such a small part of it, but I, I'm just glad to be here. Nice. Well said. Well said. Kofi. Awesome. Uh, it's a joy to hear you uh, communicate. Tell me about your favorite uh, Rattler athletic moments. What are your top three FAMU athletic moments? Okay, so we have to take it to Southern 2019. I had just gotten over a stomach bug and I was so grateful. I was like, yes, thank you. I was like, I was like, God, please, you know, please get me over this. I promise, like, I, I please, please, please. So I got there and, you know, the thing about both of my parents is that they've always invested in the dream. They've always invested in me and us, you know, my siblings as well. And back when I was a, like an un, uh, underclassman, there was some kind of issue where I couldn't check out a camera. And I was so devastated because there was an event I really wanted to cover. You know, you kind of got to earn your stripes. You know, it is what it is. And so not even a week later, my dad came out for the next Florida State game. He took me to Best Buy. He was like, get everything you need. Get everything you would need to do your own stuff. And so I did. When it came time for my senior year, I will never forget it because it actually just popped up on my Facebook memories. Um, I was like, you know, I, the only thing that I haven't done is sideline reporting. It's what I really, really want to do with my life. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, God and hard work will get me there. Man, when they gave me credentials, I was on that sideline. I grabbed my homegirl. You know, she wanted to do the same thing. I said, girl, if you, if you record me, I'm going to record you. You know, let's get it. Let's do it. So we ended up going to the Southern game. And I was standing in the end zone when Zay caught that pass. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was, it was crazy. I was trying to maintain my professionalism. I had the camera shaking. I was going nuts. And um, afterward, you know, everybody comes down on the field. And, you know, they all mix and mingle, take pictures. I remember grabbing him. I was like, can I interview you, please? And he was like, yeah, of course. And so we did the interview. And it ended up getting, like, 1,500, like, some crazy number of views it got shared on HBCU game day and I was like wow this is so crazy then we found out we was cousins (laughs) on Facebook but that had to be my favorite moment because I really felt like I was immersed in the culture if you've ever been on the sidelines at times it feels like the ground is shaking because you know you have the band you have the fans you know, it, it's just an amazing moment. That had to be my favorite moment. And then after that, a very, very, very close second had to be the North Carolina A&T game when it was just crazy. It was, I was standing on, on our side, but, you know, those players were going at it. It was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy was like, you know, like he looked dead at me and he was like, get this on camera because when we come back out here, we on y'all. Like, you know, he didn't say it that friendly. But he was like, yeah, we on that, we on that. Came out, and so when he walked back in the locker room, I was like, I got it on my camera. <laughs> so that Eddie, come on through. <laughs> Listen, I'm a rattler. He better, he better recognize I got it on camera, like you said. <laughs> Those had to be my favorite moments, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, so, I actually... so, wait, 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 oh, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. wait. All right, so she said she was on the sideline, right? So I have to ask if she's a part of that distraction committee uh, with Thick 36 in them. <laughs> I am weak. No, no. <laughs> no. 
no, 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 no. You show you might be one of them secret people that be on that sideline of this plan. You got your old equipment and everything. You wasn't down there? Nah, nope. <laughs> I was down there for the foolery, you know what I'm saying? And like I, like I said, my dad grew up in Tallahassee. My, you know, I have a lot of family, extended family. A lot of people know my family. So if I do something that's out of line, they'll message and call my mom and daddy. <laughs> And my mama will be like, Miss So-and-so said that you was doing this or you was wearing that or you you was saying curse words. I'm like, I don't even know who Miss So-and-so is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that's real okay. pressure right there. That that's real pressure when you got all those eyes watching. The good the good and the bad sometimes. Uh but yeah, no, I I gotta admit that when I saw you doing these stand-ups pretty much on your own, where you, I mean, just you know, I think that's where I reached out to you first. I'm like, who is this young lady that she's got her own camera, has set her own camera tripod. I mean, just just the ability to go out and do it on your own. That's what impressed me uh, a thousand times. And so I was like, yo, I got to keep I got to keep an eye out on Ty. And then, of course, I saw you doing some Pro Bowl stuff later and you just you're doing your own thing. And so uh, that that is awesome. Um, I, let's let, while we're talking football. I, let's get into talk. Let's let's talk a little bit of Rattler football from this past season. Uh, and obviously, if we kind of compare it to 2019, 2021, uh, what are your thoughts on the biggest or the best moment of this past was? And and if you had a vote or a thought about the Black College Football National Championship, who would you give it to? Well, 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 the best moment for me during this season, you know, the 2019 season was amazing. You know, I got to cover pretty much every home game. Um, I didn't mention that during my freshman year, I auditioned to be on WANM 90.5, the Playmakers, which is our sports show. And with, by being on the Playmakers all four years of my career, I got to actually broadcast from the Florida Classic. And every year, you know, we would, we would lose, you know, and it was, uh, it, it was, it was crazy. You know, this time, this year, I didn't get to cover it. Um, but, you know, being at the game and sharing that, sharing that moment with my mom, you know, my mom, when we were younger, she took us to the Florida Classic and, you know, we hadn't beat them ever since I was in like middle school. So when we finally beat them and I got to see her cheering and getting excited and I was excited and I was like, yeah, like I was, it was just a beautiful moment. And um, I'll never forget that. And, you know, let's just say we didn't just beat them. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, we didn't just win. I can't say, I can't, you know, show bias, you know, but we, we didn't just win. So it was just, it was a really good moment in comparison to the 2019 season. I think, you know, that's the icing on top of the cake. You know, we had the, the at the time, the MEAC offensive player of the year, you know, we have so many good key pieces um, that, you know, I felt was, you know, the, the makings of a, of a, of a good story. And we, you know, we didn't get to pull it off unfortunate, you know, I wanted that badly for Ryan Stanley because I interviewed him the week of the classic and I was like, you know, I asked, you know, I get, I get to the nitty gritty with the questions, but I was like, you know, 
you've done all these amazing things. If you don't beat Bethune, do you feel like you fulfilled your career here? You know, do you feel complete? And he was like, that's not an option for me. You know, and un- unfortunately it didn't unfold the way we wanted it to. Um, so I think that in comparison, that's what was missing. What, what was missing from then um, are the, the emergence of stars like Isaiah Land, you know and I'm saying? David Manigo, um, Savion Williams, you know, newcomers like General Hunt. Um, that, that's what was missing. Um, Chad Hunter, you know, the impact that he had in 2019 didn't resemble the impact he had then, but he's, he's been battling injuries and stuff like that. So I think that that's, you know, what was missing from this time. Go ahead, Kelvin. So why don't you talk about what you're doing now, some of the projects you're involved with and how you became involved with and maybe some 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 things you have coming up. So if we remember 2019, then we remember that year we had the first ever five star um, come to Florida A&M and Calvin Ashley. Calvin Ashley and I go way back because he's actually from this area. And me and his wife are like best friends. I love her so much. So we always hang out. You know, I wanted to surprise her that weekend and go, or this weekend that uh, last year and go to the Alabama A&M versus FAMU game. Now, a few weeks before this, you know, I've been doing, you know, just little updates on my own college football. Um, But it was just, it was weird how everything happened. You know, the calling that was just kind of placed on my heart and in my mind, like you need to be doing more HBCU coverage. You have a, you know, a nice platform. You have a lot of HBCU players on here. You have a good network. This is what you need to be doing. You know, you, you feel so strongly about telling people stories. And while I'm trying to, you know, battle, you know, in the DM, like of these power five guys, like, Hey, will you do an interview with me? Like, you know, hi. They're like, girl, who you work for? <laughs> like they don't even, you know, they don't even acknowledge me. So I, you know, I, I start asking these HBCU guys and they're like, yes, I would love to. There's so many things I would love to talk about. You know what I'm saying? So a few weeks before I go to Huntsville, I interview Anthony Howard. Now, if you know Swag Football, you know Anthony Howard because he likes to run his mouth. He likes to talk a lot of trash. I mean, he there's like a video of him. He's like, y'all were scared of us. I'll say your name. All corn. Like he just goes off. He's crazy. And um, I interviewed him. I got to know about him. And it, I just love doing that, like the HBCU mini docs. So I started doing that. When I was going to Huntsville, I actually, you know, went on the SWAC website to look up, you know, just times and stuff like that, ticket information. And I, I noticed that there weren't a lot, you know, of videos and stuff like that. And I was like, dang, you know, like, you know, with all the attention the SWAC is getting, I wish there was more. And, you know, I didn't realize at the time, you know, the swag office is pretty small. You know, there's a number of people who wear so many different hats. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, being HBCUs, you know, we don't get, we don't have a lot of, you know, the stuff that, you know what I'm saying, larger schools have. I looked on massheads, you know, of certain schools and, you know, the ACC, for example, they have two to three people per position plus interns, you know what I'm saying? So, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm unemployed, you know, right now at the moment, let me see if I can help them. And I was like, you know, I know that it says these, you know, this position, like these positions are for, you know, students or grads, but, or grad students, but I just would love to be impactful. I would love to help where I can, you know, and Andrew, you know, who I report to, he was so kind. He was like, yes, like, let's do it. So 
we um in football you know it was it was very hectic at the time I came in I came in in October I've done some writing projects which has been nice and now I'm doing like basketball updates player of the week you know we have a lot of good things cooking up that I can't really I can't really say just you know just yet but I would like to say you know stay tuned on the SWAC and you know SWAC.org and their developments and also stay tuned on me okay awesome well said, well said. Uh, Kofi. Yeah, so um, with the basketball uh, team and everything that you have going in regards to that, um, what would you say are the, the moments or the things that you're looking, most, looking forward to the most, especially with the, with the two teams that we have right now? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what MJ Randolph continues to do. He is such a star. When I was in school... It was Des, um, Des Williams, who was the who was the star and who would do, you know, so many, you know, great things. You know, there was a coaching change when I was still in school. And then, you know, Coach McCollum came in. He really helped develop these guys, develop the program. I think what he's been able to do is, you know, is amazing. And especially in the way that he's been able to develop players. So I'm excited to see what MJ Randolph continues to do. Dylan Horton. I'm a fan. I'm a true fan. She is amazing. She was a swag player of the week last week. And I mean, her, her, her statistics are crazy. She's an all around player. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what those two just continue to do as we, you know, continue into conference play. With that being said, there are other players within the conference who really do, you know, the intangibles and, and again are very well-rounded when it comes to statistics you know when it comes down to you know scoring you know all that Dariana Lewis she is an all-around player and she's at um Alabama A&M you know um there's another young man um he plays for Prairie uh Prairie View A&M the other day when they played Alabama A&M it was like I mean <laughs> I want to say it was it was like maybe eight eight to ten minutes in and he had like 21 of the 25 points he was shooting threes it was going in going in going in going it was it was crazy I'm looking forward to seeing that but I'm also looking forward to you know tournament time because that's when all the dogs come out you know it, it really isn't just a measure of what you've been able to do during the season but more so you know who wants it more you know what I'm saying? Who wants to be crowned a champion? You know, so, you know, it, it's nice to see what's going on now, but I'm looking forward to that because that's when everybody's mentality shifts. Never know. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw what uh, those Tigers from Mississippi did to our Lady Rattlers. Uh, they, they seem to be the team that will probably run the table. If, if you had to uh, prognosticate or, or, you know, handicap it, as some people might, might like to say, who can beat Jackson State Lady Tigers in the SWAC? Who can beat them? I feel like if they, again, if, if people in the SWAC don't have an answer for Dariana Lewis and what she's able to do, it's, it's up in the air, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, again, like her statistics are, are, are absolutely insane. And I think what Alabama A&M, the Lady Bulldogs do such a good thing, like do so, um, do so well is that even if, 
you know, their defense on her, or, you know, she is, you know, double teamed or, you know, what have you, whatever defensive scheme they try to run on her, other people fill in the gaps. So, you know, the more that they continue to do that, and the more that everybody continues to play to their strengths, Dariana plays at the same level, there's, there's no telling what can happen. Additionally, Texas Southern is doing really well. Texas Southern is also, um, pretty good so you know we'll see what happens what happens there I think for the men you know of just a few off the top of my head very well-rounded programs would be Texas Southern, Prairie View, A&M, us of course the the family rattlers for the women I would say don't sleep on Southern don't sleep on Alabama A&M and don't sleep on the Texas Southern women's team um in addition to you know Jackson State and um all those all those and also on the men's side southern what what's the uh before we let you go what's the big game this week uh maybe give us a little preview uh what's what's the big game on the men and women's side that people need to pay attention to this weekend uh, okay i would say to be honest i say follow the rattlers this week that's what i would say i'm gonna say follow the rattlers this week if he plays um, on Alabama AM side of the, um, I'm talking about Alabama AM versus Florida AM. On Alabama AM side, you know, they have, they have Jalen Johnson. And then they also have EJ Williams. Um, EJ Williams, he's been dealing with some injuries, but I mean, he's six foot 10. <laughs> he's, uh, he's six foot 10. Uh, and there's a lot of things that he's able to do. I've been watching, you know, quite a few games, of course, that are, are, are streamed or broadcast. And, you know, some of the amazing things that he's been able to do is you know he's he's really good at passing you know and he, again he's 6'10 so there's not really much you can do so we'll see what um you know kind of defensive scheme that the rattlers have if he if he does play and then you know for the women it's going to be you know our player of the week last week and our player of the week you know this week dariana lewis dylan horn so we'll see what what kind of matchup that is you know they're they're two different positions but pretty sure we'll see them matched up at some point well said well said ty floyd uh, we thank you. Look, you, I, one thing I like is that, you know, you seem to be an appreciate someone who appreciates history. And so I know working in that SWAC office with all the years of history that is in that SWAC building, I, I know you are probably having a field day. I mean, just with your mind is probably racing with all of the ideas that you probably have. So, uh, we, we're looking forward to seeing what kind of content you turn out uh over the next uh weeks and months and uh you know we we appreciate you representing uh always it's good to see a rattler and, and it's always it's got to be good to talk about fam you at the top of those standings yes there it is there it is there it is uh ty let people know where they can find you on social media and uh when your updates uh usually uh air so we do player week. we'll be doing that um either on uh thursdays or fridays we always update the scores now. We used to do two videos of scores, one after the Saturday games, one after the Monday games. We decided to combine them into one, again, making room for more projects. And then um, we have, <laughs> we have um, uh, you know, some writing stuff that'll come out as well. I also have things that are coming out on my own page. Like if you go there right now, um, it's on Instagram and on Twitter, it's Ty A. Floyd. Um, and if you go on there, you'll see 
an interview with Antoine Owens of Jackson State. You'll see an interview with Shador Sanders, as well as, you know, older content that I've done, like Terrell Owens, Jaden Woodby, Cam McDonald, Khaled Kareem, who is actually in the, um, is in the championship right now with the Bengals. So you'll see a lot of cool stuff, but you can find me there, Ty A. Floyd. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing. I really want to be in HBCU athletics. I feel that I could be impactful here. So just to have this platform and share it with you guys is, is uh, something I'm very grateful for. So thank you. Well, like I said, I, I've been a big fan since uh, I first discovered, I, not that I discovered you, but since I stumbled upon you in uh, 2019. I've you better be very Gordy. Yeah, be quiet, Kofi. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. So hey, uh, any anytime I can, you know, promote and tell people about what you're doing, I, I will do it. And uh, it, it's good to see a Rattler uh, representing up there, out there. So uh, thank you again. Make sure you guys go find, follow Ty, and uh, make sure you're following the SWAC and uh, checking out those uh, SWAC updates. All right. Uh, when we come back, we got some football news to talk about. Some something something dropped today that's got everybody buzzing I, I don't know what it is but it's something big that dropped today so we're gonna talk about it it's got rapid nation is buzzing right now so all right we're gonna take a break step away thanks again ty you're watching the ong strike zone we'll be back in just a moment Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvinboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. 
As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time, so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? True Black Essentials is a retail opportunity to bring black businesses under one roof where every product on every shelf in every aisle will be black owned and black produced by people all over the world. Statistics show that the $1.3 trillion of spending power that we have as black people can easily be turned into each black person having $2 million if we were to shop black for two years. So True Black Essentials will launch an e-commerce store on November 1st, 2020, but we will open up brick and mortar stores in Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte, Houston, and Jacksonville with the very first store opening in Atlanta, June 19, 2021. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. All right, welcome back to the OG Strike Zone. You thought it was over, but it's not. We we got into some good discussion. We were so hyped that Ty was like, I gotta sit in for the other segment as we get ready to talk about this this uh other big nugget of news which dropped earlier today. Uh again, you're watching the OG Strike Zone, Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, our uh special uh co-hosts, uh special guests joining us for a second segment. Uh, FAMU alum and SWAC digital content producer, uh, Ms. Ty Floyd, joining us right now. <laughs> so, uh, fellas, the 20, or ladies, fellas and ladies, uh, the 2022 football schedule has been released. 
Uh, Florida a and football completed their second consecutive nine-win season under head coach Willie Simmons and look to improve in 2022 with another challenging schedule. To quote Coach Simmons, he says, we are very excited about the upcoming state of games for the 2022 football season. We feel we have one of the toughest schedules in all of FCS football this coming fall. But to be the best, you have to beat the best. And so without further ado, uh, that schedule just really looking at uh, what we have in front of us. I look at it like this. Um, Jacksonville State beat Florida State. Florida State beat the University of North Carolina two years in a row. So if we go in there and we're ready to compete, we go in with the right game plan, I think we can beat the University of North Carolina. I mean, you have to go in believe. just for the record it's not an issue but we get good solid quarterback play good upfront play good trench play we come in with that florida energy i believe that we can uh we can pull off the upset against uh a very good university of north carolina team and everybody knows that we must be we have to be we absolutely have to be j state um that's an absolute must um, they have gotten on my last nerves. My family is largely from um, the Mississippi area. So uh, I have a lot of history with the Jackson State University. So I have a song, I Hate J-State. I'll sing it at the appropriate time, but not right now. But then um, obviously, uh, you know, Albany State is right up the road. There's been a lot of discussion, but they bring a ton of people. They're going to bring at least five to 7,000 people into Bragg. Um, the opening home game is going to be huge. And I think that's a tremendous opportunity. And then, of course, Alabama A&M, um, that's going to be a huge game. If you look at what Cornell Maynard has done um, on the recruitment trail and how that game went last year. I mean, it went down to the last second. And, you know, that was just amazing. And then, of course, man, I mean, I could just talk about it all day and I, I don't want to take up all the space, but I say be excited and be very, very, very excited. I'm, uh, you know, that game in Montgomery is right before the Classic. I mean, that's like Southern Alabama State and the Florida Classic. It's like three Classic games in a row. 
That's going to be huge, man. It's going to be crazy. Southern, Bama State, and Cookman. Those are like three of our biggest rivals closing out the season. So that's a lot of emotional energy to close out the season. Um, let me go over to our guest. Ty, you, you decided to stick in here uh, with us. What, what's your take on uh, this schedule that's uh, just recently come out? Well, to add on to what Kofi said, I think that when you go in with the mentality of I can do this, and when you have the mentality of knowing what your job is, executing your roles and your tasks, doing the intangibles, and just going hard, I think that we can beat UNC. I think that we can do it. And I just feel like with our coaches, with their minds, how smart they are, I feel like it's something that's 100% feasible. So I, I think that's a win. I don't even want to discuss that. Jackson State, yes, Jackson State is a game that I feel like we have to win. There's been a lot of back and forth banter on Twitter. I don't know how deep y'all are into it, but at this point. I'm deep into it, Ty. I'm deep into it. It's time to be. You live, you live in it. Yeah, you live in it for sure. <laughs> you live in it for sure. But I, yeah, the, the banter, I mean, the back and forth, it's, it's, it, it's it's crazy, and it, it's something that I mean, it, it can only be solved in September. Hey, I mean that that is what that is. Then we had the defending um, celebration bowl champs, so that'll be something interesting. The thing about FAMU HBCUs in general, but especially the FAMU Lee, we are going to talk. We'll back it up, but we going to talk. Say it. You know what I'm saying? I remember when, you know, SC State, they're riding high on winning the Celebration Bowl, but some of my classmates are over here like, well, remember when y'all came to Bragg? Okay. Preach. <laughs> you know Preach. Let them know. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's going to be um, a good game. I don't think that, you know, they're going to forget that. Alabama A&M, again, going back to, you know, what Coach Maynard has been able to do within the transfer portal. It, it's, it's been crazy. You know, actually, one of my good friends, Carlos Becker, who DB at Florida State is at Alabama AM right now. Um, and I think that, you know, the impact that they have had or, you know, within the transfer portal is going to be huge on the field. The issue that I have with the transfer portal, though, is that when you get guys that have maybe one to two years of eligibility left, how will they be able to gel and create that team chemistry, that team camaraderie? You know what I'm saying? And then how, how do the guys that have been in these positions who ultimately chose, you know, HBCU or, you know, chose that school first, how do they feel moving forward with new guys coming in and, and essentially, you know, possibly taking the position that they've waited years, years for, you know what I'm saying? So we'll see how that translates. I think the biggest indication or the biggest answer to that question that I just asked it's going to be Jackson State. I mean, how do they move forward without their key pieces? You know what I'm saying? You know, James Houston is gone. Antoine Owens is gone. You know what I'm saying? So we'll have to see, you know, how they, what they have moving forward. I think that something, you know, just to hop off topic real, real quick and come right back. Alabama A&M and Jackson State, that's going to be a great game whenever, you know, that respective schedule comes out. But again, like you said, you know, Florida Classic, I think beating Bethune is the norm now. <laughs> you know, we'll, have, we'll have to see. I mean, hey, I think you know tables. Them one thing about them tables, right? They do turn. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Another game I'm excited for is Southern. It's always so good between us and Southern. Um, but again, I think that this coaching staff has done an amazing job. Uh, you brought up the quarterback situation. I think this offseason is going to be key in his development, but more so really just continuing to establish his confidence, his confidence from the Jackson State game, 
his confidence in the Bethune game, two completely different things. So I feel like the more they continue to work on him, develop him, you know, Coach Black, Coach Simmons, I think that it's going to be great, a great, great season for these guys. That was a great question that you brought up, Ty, which I, I we, we'll have to come back and talk about that a little bit later, just how, how the transfers coming in affect the chemistry. Because I thought family did a great job this past year, but I think that was helped because of the layoff in football. It'll be in a, it'll be a little different going forward. Uh, Kelvin, your 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 thoughts on the uh, schedule? First take, first thought. What caught your eye? Man, you got me following that man. She just she just nailed it. No, but <laughs> so uh, I, I do my best not to look too bad. But what I would tell you is that one. I'm excited about this schedule. It's an awesome schedule. As you stated, all those things, five home games, seven in the state of Florida. And then all of our road games are, are pretty accessible regionally from our um for our fan base, right? You know, Orangeburg, South Carolina is not that, you know, Montgomery is up the road a few hours. So uh, um, I'm very excited about that schedule. What I will say, and the other positive is that we have a lot of talent returning, experienced talent. So uh, we have the team to run this gauntlet. But I do want to point out, it is a gauntlet, man. That that, that first, them, them first five out of six games, man, is just, I mean, we 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 know this anyway, but we we got to bring our lunch pail week in and week out, man. I mean. Uh, 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 Power Five, uh, FB, uh, FBS school that we're proud to be ranked has one of top, a top ten recruiting class. The I think uh, the number one class in the ACC in North Carolina, uh, and and it's week zero, so it's early. And then they have to come face our our, our new blood rival, uh, JSU, uh, the week after. That's a tough turnaround and it's going to test it not from a talent standpoint from a coaching and preparation standpoint uh it's going to test our, our players and our coaches um trying to trying to get up two weeks in a row like that against top tier talent and I, i'm interested to see how that plays out right and then you know uh alabama and the south carolina state so you're talking we played the three top teams uh from black college football i mean we did we did it last year uh we didn't know it was gonna shake out that way when we played south carolina state but this year going into this season 2022 season we know they were turning uh, most of their key pieces they are they'll be favored to win the the, the, the MEAC. and um and now that we put a good whooping on them uh uh, I'm, I'm sure they've got us marked on their calendar, right? Marked, circled. <laughs> so, so you, you playing JSU, you playing then all better state. Yeah, they D two, but uh, they dangerous are team. dominant D two program. Yes. They not just any D two program, exactly. And, and only being an hour away from um from our our, our campus, uh, as COVID has alluded to. They will. That's how they came. You talking three thousand, right? At least they bring they bring they fans show up. So 
So, and we hadn't played him in a little bit. So, so um, that's going to be a challenge. So, you know, then how we end the season, right? You got Bally right behind a and Man, it's, it's a lovely schedule for a football fan. So much so, I'll say this. You know, generally, I, I, I do some other things during football season, earn some money. I might uh, give up that money because <laughs> I, I want to make every game. I'm, I'm yeah. serious considering that. So it, it's an awesome schedule. And, and one of the points that you brought up kind of in, in the break, uh, Kelvin, is that these road trips, North Carolina, uh, let me go through, Miami, uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina, Grambling, Louisiana, Montgomery, Alabama, that's all bus trips. That that that's Those are – easily accessible in the SWAC. You don't have to go along this. And they're nice road trips into some historic places. I mean, I can't think of the last time, if ever, FAMU has traveled to Grambling, Louisiana, to play in the historic pit, uh, you know, where the famed Eddie Robinson coached, you know. Uh, and, and then the beautiful one of the beautiful stadiums that Alabama State has. Uh, right there in Montgomery, Alabama. So, and then yes. I mean, going to Orangeburg is just a battle in itself every year that we have to go. Um, I, I'm focused on those home games. You know, I, I think that Alabama State is, is a tough trip or a tough contest because that team is young. I think they had like six or seven shutouts this past year. Uh, uh, Albany State, I'm sorry, Albany State. Uh, that's what I'm thinking of. And then, you know, going to Alabama a and Mississippi Valley, three home games in a row. Uh, I think those are all winnable, although I'm curious to see what A&M brings to the table this year. Uh, homecoming against UAPB. Uh, I, I, I won't, I'll be interested to see how many teams have UAPB on their homecoming uh, schedule. You know, I'll, I told what, – hey, what did I tell you guys about the homecoming at FAMU was, was so ridiculous that – I feel bad for UAPB already. I mean, it's February, January. I feel bad for them already. They have no chance on that homecoming game. And then, of course, Southern at the end. Um, Kofi, from a band perspective, lots of opportunities for the 100 to travel. What do you see from that perspective with this schedule? Well, obviously, um, the band going to UNC will be historic. Uh, there'll be a lot of expectation. Um, it gives 100 an opportunity to put on the show or get, uh, I want to say, get ready for Jackson State in Miami. That's going to be a bigger show with more eyes. Um, the opening home game, I want to say Albany State has a pretty good band. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, Alabama a and was the most boring band that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so... Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be coming to brag. I would not. No, we don't want to steal. We don't want to steal. You're right. <laughs> that, like, that was the worst band I've ever seen from HBCU. Oh, now, let me say, they 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 sound good, but I was just sitting there like, oh, MG, like they are like not doing anything. Like this is, ooh, this it wasn't painful to watch, but it was like, bro, like, dang, this is like slow motion. It was like watching paint dry. All right, so, um. I'm not worried yeah, about this. Why y'all got me on here? Why y'all yes. got me on here? Can we, uh, can yeah, we chill on the, 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 no, the no swag bashing, no swag bashing while Ty is on in, hey. in, the, in the studio well, right Well, I now. mean, he asked, you know, Valley, obviously, all right. 
Um, now, the Grambling game on the road is going to be a good one because Huger. their band wasn't able to come uh, due to a death that they had. And I want to say that the Gramblingites are very, very excited about FAMU coming into the hole. Um, there are a couple of former FAMU employees that are on the Grambling athletic staff. They're very upset about Thick 36 and the distraction committee. They are very, very upset. I'm sure that they're looking forward to FAMU coming out there and they want to see what Hugh Jackson and them are going to bring to the table. They've had an amazing recruiting class. That's going to be a great game. But band-wise, Grambling, the Grambling FAMU game is going to be a big one. Um, UAPB actually has a really good group. Um, they are clean. They have a good sound. Um, no band in the swack is going to outdance the 100, but they're going to put on a good show. And then, of course, Southern coming to break. That's always big. Uh, FAMU Alabama State right before the Florida Classic. It's going to be interesting to see what the 100 comes up with because, again, you have Southern, you have Bama State, and you have Cookman. And really, all three of them have three separate – they're three different groups – and you can't bring the same exact show to the Florida Classic. So it's going to be interesting to see how the 100 navigates that whole, uh, those last three games as they prepare for the Florida Classic and hopefully uh, a Celebration Bowl appearance. You know, so uh, all of that's amazing. And the band's going to be going to Orangeburg, I'm pretty sure. So that's always a, a really good trip. Um, the South Carolina State fans are very appreciative of the 100 and what the 100 brings to the table. So that's going to be a very big game. So it's going to be an interesting year for the 100, um, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Ty, I'm gonna have you... oh. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to just talk about really quickly the importance of a crowd. And so for our Rattlers that are watching this, I would say really – start getting your, your plans in place for some of these road games. I went to the Alabama A&M game. I regret that that was the only game, like away game that I went to. But I got to go there and, you know, when it kind of seems like the morale is low and things aren't going as well, there might have been a turnover. One thing that you can count on is the Florida A&M Rattlers uplifting, you know, our, our, our team. And what was so amazing to me, you know, is, you know, we go, you know, we are at this point losing, you know, things happen. We start winning. Bishop runs that touchdown. Everybody just is in worship and the band wasn't even there. You know what I'm saying? The band, unfortunately, didn't even make that trip. Everybody starts, you know, in worship. Everybody's singing. Everybody's, you know, uh, you know, cheering, you know, Alabama A&M, and, and it was a small crowd in comparison to Alabama A&M. You know, they start on their side. We they we got louder. It was it was something that was just so amazing to see. I think that that boost that that spirit really touched the players. You know, so I think that you know for all the Rattlers watching this, if you don't have plans to make it at to at least one um, road game, and I'm not talking about the Florida Classic. I'm not talking about you know. The Miami, the Miami game. I'm talking about, you know, your Gramblings. I'm talking about your, you know, your your Orangebergs. I'm talking about, you know, those those type of games. Make sure that you go. You know, we know how we are in Bragg, and how you know we we jaw at the other teams. You know, who you keep bringing up the thick thirty, whatever. You know, them people. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know how we are. So you know, you have to expect that every other HBCU has that same 
maybe not the exact same, but has, you know, a tenacity that can, you know, somewhat mirror that. And they're going to come at us hard because we go hard. So, you know. Uh, Ty, let me give you the last word. Uh, from a coverage perspective, what obviously going into this year was the whole why not us storyline that uh, the ESPN documentary had and we were coming off the COVID year. Uh, but when you look at this schedule and you think of this team, uh, you know, and you don't have to give away maybe something that you may have already been thinking about, but from a coverage perspective, what looks attractive? What are some storylines that'll that are some salivating storylines to 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 maybe pay attention to for the 2022 schedule and season? Okay, well, first of all, I would like to say the follow-up of Isaiah Land. Mm. I would love to see, I'm excited to see what he does. Buck Buchanan Award winner. Um, nearing the end or the end, the final chapter for Zay Smith. I'm excited to see, you know, that. I'm excited to see, you know, um, the 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 rise, you know, of uh, Rashawn McKay. I'm excited to see, um, you know, this the stories of our, our transfers. But the biggest story, you know, is last year it was why not us. This year with this schedule and with all the accolades and things that were accomplished last season, the storyline for this one has to be this is us. What? Stop it. it. Ty, stop it. Bam. She copyrighted it, folks. There we go. It's it's in public spaces. Ty just copyrighted it. This is us. Can I ask one question, Brian, before we break? Please. All right, so this is not a, necessarily a family question, um, but, you know, um, I know you're down there. You've been uh, in Central Florida and the whole Antonio Brown little issues and stuff like that, and he came out with his lawyer and said, I wanted to get your thoughts of his whole thing with him not being, I want to say, or dealing with mental health issues. And I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of concerned. I just wanted to get your thoughts on AB and what you believe should probably happen with him. How much time we got? We got left. <laughs> Y'all always want to bring up the, the best conversations towards the end. Um, but just to kind of try to make it to make it quick. I think that when a football player does something that's reprehensible that just makes no sense that's crazy first thing that people say is brain damage cte you know like oh my you know they they say that and in in my mind you know in in reading about cte and learning about it cte cannot be detected or you know fully diagnosed until you're dead when it comes to you know the symptoms that you deal with i guess i guess you know up until your death that indicate that you had cte upon the study of your brain those all those symptoms can be connected to other disorders and other things i think that with the antonio brown situation what people not just in the national football league but down to you know organized peewee you know what i'm saying like high school sports what they need to do is they they need to start you know getting you know, maybe sports psychologists, you know, they need to involve them in, you know, these different programs that, you know, can help them in learning how to deal with emotion that can help them with making correct decisions. Um, you know, among other things, I think when they're in college, you know, if there's a, 
I think everybody should have a financial literacy class because NFL players are the first to go broke or destitute. So I think that all of that really starts when you're younger. And especially in college, I think that people need to start incorporating that, you know, if they don't have the means or the budgets within their athletic program, you know, there are students at the schools who are studying psychology, who are studying sports psychology, you know what I'm saying, who can, you know, probably make an impact on these players. With Antonio Brown, I think that people need to consider this. Is it, is it the fact that he has, you know, mental, mental, you know, issues or CTE? I'm not saying that he doesn't, but is, is it that, or is he just a person who doesn't know how to deal with, you know, the things that are happening, who doesn't know how to convey emotions in a correct way. And once you consider that and exhaust all those options, then okay, maybe it is something going on up here. But that would be my whole thing about it is, you know, I've, I've seen, unfortunately, I know people who are going through this right now, um, who are going through, you know, CTE with their dads and, you know, or, you know, with, you know, the Alzheimer's and stuff like that. And it's, it's sad, but I think that before we come to that conclusion, all options need to be exhausted. Yeah, I'm going to just close real quick with this. Just for me, uh, mental health issues are, are quite real. Um, and I just want the man to just get evaluated. I want somebody to just say, to certify, I want him to just volunteer and say, hey, all right, look, all right. Y'all say I'm this, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Get evaluated, bro. Just get evaluated. Get some consistent help. And then we'll talk. Until then... I really don't want to hear anything you have to say because it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So that's just my thoughts on that. But I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, look, I appreciate you both for uh, uh, taking us down that road. I mean, it is definitely something that you don't get a chance to talk about often and uh, uh, good stuff. So, uh, Ty, you're a rock star, man. I You dropped in two Absolutely. segments. I mean, great content, great knowledge. She dropped the This Is Us, copyrighted by Ty Floyd. I, you know, look, she, she, she said it, and it is what it is. So if, if you guys see it out there before, uh, she gets the credit. And, and she said it in a public forum uh, on national um, broadcast. So there it is. It's, it's done. It, this Is Us the uh, Rattlers 2022 season uh, authored by Ty Floyd. Uh, Ty, let them know your social media accounts one more time, just in case they missed it earlier. Yes, of course. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Ty A. Floyd. I would give y'all my Facebook, but some of y'all be cutting up. So let's just keep it on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. So my, my, my mom don't give them the my mom and them going to be on every post. So, follow <laughs> me. Oh, beautiful stuff. <laughs> All right, Ty. Anytime you want to come in and share some news with us, you are more than welcome. All you got to do is send us a text or a tweet, and uh, we will reserve some time for you. All right, Rattler? Uh, we appreciate right. you for joining us. We're coming back uh, after the break. Marcus Green's coming in. We're going to talk some recruiting, get his thoughts on the schedule. We still got to break down some more because we're hearing that hotel prices are skyrocketing already. So we'll talk about that and more on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment.
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Cover's voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. Intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Covers Voice, Covers Voice, Covers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Tell them I'm hungry. 
shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Strike Zone, Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rosier, Kofi Hemingway. Joining us is Marcus Green, our uh, recruiting uh, expert uh, that we like to call on when we need to find out and stay abreast of what's going on in recruiting circles. Uh, make sure you are following us. Like and share this broadcast. You can also catch this uh, show on the BCSN Pod Zone. So it comes in audio format. After this show is over, of course, it will always be available on YouTube. That's my JBN one. If you're watching us on YouTube, and I understand you guys are watching us on YouTube, we appreciate the uh, the chat and the comments going on. Let me just bump around and see who's out there. Give a quick shout out to a few people that I see. Uh, let's see who I see. I see uh, Stephen Campbell, Tamara T out there. Uh, Corinthian Morgan. Uh, Jer- I heard Jeremiah Clark's been causing a little bit of fuss in those. Why are you rooms. talking to that fool? What, why are we talking about Jeremiah Clark? What, what we got to say names. about? I'm just giving names. Them boys, even I just want to give a shout everybody out. but Jeremiah. We ain't studying no Jeremiah. Right, everybody, Clark. Did they have but a Jeremiah show? Clark? What's up in the chat rooms? You guys jump on t- Edwin Moore. What up? Uh, all our Facebook people, uh, we appreciate you guys for uh, watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. Let somebody know. Let a Rattler know. And uh, if you missed the last two segments with Ty Floyd, you really missed some good stuff. Uh, she is a rising star in the game. So uh, you guys really missed out on a great conversation with the Ty. So, uh, all right, Marcus, the schedule, your initial thoughts. What would you like about it? What caught your eye first when you saw the schedule? The first few weeks, like uh... – from week zero all the way up through South Carolina State, it's going to be a battle every week. We've got at least – so that's counting at least four teams that made the postseason this past year. So we got UNC. I, I forgot what bowl they went to, but they went to a bowl game. J-State and South Carolina State went to, went to the Celebration Bowl. Then you have Albany State that went to the D2 playoffs. So you have some – Tough, a tough road to hold the first four weeks. So that's going to tell the tale of our season right there. The other thing, as I noticed, and it's kind of a eh, – someone pointed out on Twitter, and I saw that too. For homecoming, we have UAPB, and Grambling has them for homecoming the next week. So I don't know if they're making that – if they're going to put that on their bulletin board and say, okay, you scheduling us for homecoming. So I'll be wary of them. Seems like there's a little undercurrent of buzz about Mississippi Valley and what they're how their recruiting is going and an uptick for the season. So they're they're not a pushover. They weren't a pushover last year. We need to have a comeback up there. So overall, whatever postseason we make, we're going to have to earn it. Uh, good point. Um, 
So, you know, if you, if we, uh, you know, that's a, it's a loaded, it's a loaded schedule. Um, I, I think, and, and already one of the things that we've been hearing is the, uh, the five home games um, from a season ticket package, Kelvin, get, take us into, from your experience, having worked in, in athletic administration and, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, things are a little different now, but from years past, what is the timeline or what maybe was the timeline like, or maybe what should it be? We'll go there in terms of getting tickets together, being able to give people an opportunity to purchase season tickets. What should the goal be with a schedule like this? And do you include classics? Let me go there. I don't know if our season ticket packages ever include classics or not, but do you include the classics in any of them? So some schools in the past, you're you're not always the home team, uh, but when you have uh, um, there have been times where we have done that, uh, included a classic uh, ticket with uh, certain packages at certain levels, along with parking at the classic. So uh, it, it does happen. Um, you want to be able to sell people money as soon as they're ready to give it to you. Um, hopefully you, you're renewing uh, send renewal letters out to your uh, season ticket holders and constantly communicating with them um, especially uh, and um, you want to notify if there's going to be price changes uh, as soon as possible you know you're going from four home games to five home games you know how do you value that how do you um being a being a season ticket holder, you want to incentivize folks to renew, and so you, you want to have perks that non-season ticket holders don't have. Um, so, so you know, th- those are some of the things you look at. Um, also, I want to talk really quick about the uh, hotels because uh, that's always a big deal with home games, and Florida State has not released their schedule yet, so we don't know what crossover weekends when both teams are going to be in town. Um, from what, I, what I've been told multiple times from people in the, in the industry here in Tallahassee is that they tend to not make their inventory available or they put ridiculous prices up this time of year because they know folks trying to come in and, uh, and, and secure rooms. And, and they really don't want to release that inventory until – they know the team's schedule and kind of, you know, set the price and, you know, hey, it's it, just like anywhere else when it's a peak season, um, they want to maximize as, as much as possible what they what they can get. But uh, the prices you probably see now aren't the actual prices uh, that, w- that it will eventually be. Um, it's just one of the tools they may use in order – to uh, keep folks from locking up their inventory, essentially. Um, And uh, yes, uh, of course, when you have major events, um, they they charge more. So uh, I I imagine uh, once Florida State released their schedule and um, you'll see still high hotel prices, but they'll be more realistic. Hotel prices, and I'm pretty sure they'll go really quick to the inventory, go really fast 
even though there's a lot of hotels that have uh, opened up over the last two or three years here in Tallahassee. Uh, football season is just, I mean, there's a lot of excitement with our team. There's a lot of excitement with the teams across the track. So um, that that will continue to be a, 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 a issue for us. And, and um, hopefully the university is, is, is working on something. I, I've heard some buzz in terms of a university owned hotel. Ooh, I, you know what? I was just about to suggest that or uh, say something about that. Uh, or, or even, uh, you know, uh, I'll be looking into the Airbnb market. Uh, I don't know if any of those on-campus apartments that those students have, uh, you know, any any uh, any students looking to uh, drop their apartment into an Airbnb, <laughs> I mean, you know. Hey, hey stop, stop, stop when you get somebody kicked out of their uh, door. For real, get kicked I'll out stop. of school. I'll stop, I'll stop. But I mean, it's an idea, it's a thought that I... Anyway, Marcus, look, big weekend in recruiting. Um, what's the latest? We had some big-time recruits on campus. They got a chance to to not only see the site, but they got a good basketball game on Saturday. What's the buzz uh, on the recruiting front? Uh, give us a little recap, or for those who uh, may not have heard uh, from this past weekend. Oh, the headliner is four-star defensive lineman Christian Miller out of Cedar Grove High School. And he's, I guess, in the top 110 of a class of 2022 and one of the few unsigned players. And he had some buzz in December when he uh, sent out on social media that he was coming to FAMU for an official visit, which happened this past weekend. Also partnering with him this weekend was wide receiver uh, Kareem Burke out of Jacksonville, out of Reigns High School. So those are the two high school students and uh, also another uh, young man from Cedar Grove, um, came in Jackson, I believe that's his name. And he came also he accompanied uh, uh, Mr. Miller and came down. And they posted a lot of pictures on social media. It seemed like they had a good time. Glad that we really turned it out for the game on Saturday and gave them a really exciting uh, exposure to HBCU culture. And so, you know, we made the final five of Mr. Miller's list. And he has his final visit with the University of Miami this weekend, of course, in state in Georgia. The University of Georgia is trying is making a play. I guess they always may, may have assumed that they had him in the back pocket. But from a lot of the content he's posted on social media, we look to be in a good spot and made a favorable impression. And Mr. Burke, uh, Kareem Burke, he committed, I believe, on Monday. So we have a three-star wide receiver out of Jacksonville Reigns who's going to help us usher in you know, the continuation of, if you will, of the Rack Boys. So I look forward to, to seeing him. We also had a couple of visits from folks who had already signed. So uh, Jordan Moore, uh, the junior college safety, who made his way from Texas A&M and other schools and decided to sign with FAM. And also offensive lineman T.J. Dimas out of, out of uh, Clearwater Central Catholic. That he came up as well. Now, I'm not sure if there are any other visitors. Those are the five that I know about. I think we had a really good weekend, put on a really good show, made an impression. It's also good to see that even prior to this visit, the official visit by TJ and, and Jordan Moore, they're really selling the program online. So anybody who gets offered uh, that the coaches offer or any one of their teammates that they're encouraging and say, hey, come to family, why not us? 
So they're selling the program before they even set foot on campus. So that speaks not only to their enthusiasm about coming, but also what they've seen, what they've witnessed, and what they believe FAMU is and what it's going to be. Uh, as you watch the social media accounts and you see what guys are posting, I'm curious, are there any tells, are there any tips that maybe some guys kind of tip their hand that kind of give you an idea that uh, they're leaning one way? I mean, if you kind of do some back analysis from, from you know, uh, from uh, posts that you've seen and in their final selection, can you look back and say, yeah, you know what, looking at what he posted, I can see his decision. Uh, any, 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 any tells, I guess, that you've seen so far? Not yet. I mean, I've, I've, followed, I've looked at Christian Miller's posts and I've noticed a pattern in, it, in that, I guess, after each visit, he types decisions, decisions, decisions. And then, I guess, what other schools recruiting him, whether it's the one he just visited after he typed that post for not only for us, but his previous Oregon visit. You know, you get the tidal wave of people from all the schools, come here, come here, come here. And so we joined in the bandwagon this past weekend. But I think also, one notable thing of uh, Coach Simmons did today was that uh, apparently I think um, uh, Christian Miller has either a desire or affinity to go into something in the performing arts or theater or something along those lines. So Coach Simmons, being the astute person that he is, has been sending tweets out showing notable fam Ewans who are in the industry, whether they be a producer. That's what that was. Okay. I, I, was, a, I was wondering why he was tweeting those out. I didn't pick that up. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So whether it's a producer or an actor who's matriculated at FAMU, so whether Anika Noni Rose, uh, Daniel, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Sanjata, or Woody McClain, or Will Packer, or Dee Reese, or... Uh, Angela Robinson, or even um, and you'll see some things come out as it relates to that to kind of undergird the thought that you can be the whole person here. We're not, we don't want you just for your athletic talents. That will be the bonus on top. But when you come here, you get well developed and you have an opportunity by example of the people who've matriculated through FAMU and gotten to where you want to go. That's next level information. You're not getting that kind of info in other places. Uh, way to pick that up, Marcus. Uh, that's deep. Uh, Kofi, what are you hearing out on the recruiting streets? We know you, uh, you know, you, you got your, you, you know, we see you on the shows with, with uh, Scotty and you connected in with a lot of people in a lot of different circles. What are you hearing? Man, FAMU is in the mix, man. It's, it's coming down with FAMU and Jackson State on a number of different levels. Uh, with a number of different players that are three-star and four-star and even five-star. Um, the running back that we are in play with down in Miami uh, was down, I'm sorry, uh, was down in Miami uh, this past weekend, and he had a visit, but I, uh, I'm i probably going to post on this page. He had the wrong orange and gray on. Um, <laughs> sometime very soon. But uh, seriously, man, this is an exciting time to be a Rattler. This is an exciting time to uh, see history made. And uh, a lot of kids that in the past were not even considering Florida a University are considering Florida A&M University because there's a lot of momentum surrounding uh, FAMU and the athletic program and the culture that uh, Coach Simmons has built. So 
Uh, I want to say uh, I'm looking for an amazing closing week uh, for Coach Simmons and the staff. And quite frankly, I want to say let's look at, um, you know, I want to see what's going to happen in particular with the wide receivers. I think you're going to see another quarterback that's going to be signed. I think a lot of uh, Fam Ewans and Tallahasseans are going to be like, wow, okay. Um and I want to see another wide receiver. You know, a lot of our wide receivers are, I want to say, uh, they're fast, they're quick, but they don't really have a whole lot of size. So if we get the tight end guy from Clemson or we get mm-hmm. another wide receiver um, that is 6'4 and above, uh, bro, that's going to bode well for what we're going to be able to do offensively. We are in play for a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, we made a couple of offers in the transfer portal to the kid from Norfolk State as well as a kid from Georgetown. I think that's added depth that we need. Um, and all of that is going to play uh, a tremendous role in the success of the 2022 squad. Uh, yeah, no, for, uh, that, that's good, some good info uh, that you just dropped right there um one week away uh, well no hold on let me make let me get my calendar square yes away. one yes. week away thank you next wednesday one week next away. wednesday national signing day we're looking forward to doing a show uh next wednesday working on some big names already working on uh ad gaucher already working on coach simmons uh already working on a couple other name recruits uh I'm going to tell you now, guys, we may not, two hours might not be enough. We might need to come in a little bit early and uh, maybe like seven-ish. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there to you guys now. See how hungry you are to do this National Signing Day show. Just just throwing that out there now, Uh, you know, because it'll be wall-to-wall, back-to-back interviews with some different people. Uh, Big day. Marcus and uh – and Brian, you know, we got Blue Bloods watching the show. So Blue Bloods, man, I need you to I'm inbox me. Believe 365, man. We'd love to have you on the show next week since you're on our bandwagon now with Florida <laughs> Agriculture and Mechanical University. So we'd like to welcome you onto the ONG Strike Zone and get you officially doctrinated in. When you throw the snake, you have to put the two fingers together like this, <laughs> bring back the elbow, throw it forward like this, and say, like that, and put that vibration in there like that. Like this, just like, all right. Just, I saw but, you. Yeah, just be ready to do all that next week, and we're gonna get you on the show. Okay. All right. Love I, you, Mike. Bad. I didn't have the photo of you and Scotty with Scotty throwing up the uh, the strike. You know, you know, it, it, you know. He said he never would, but he did. Oh. And the photo that I saw, the photo that I saw, he did it. I so I don't know. I just saying. Just get your blue bloods, man. Just get your orange and green drove. Do not come on here in any blue and white, because I please don't come on in here in any blue and white or any maroon and gold, and you'll be fine. But get your orange. If you want to just be, I want to say low-key, you can just wear a white T-shirt and just, you know, come on in there and doctrinate. But everybody needs to know who you are, man. You do great content, man. We'll love to have you next week on the sign-in show. So this inbox is, man. Let's get you hooked up. And well, well said, well said. Shout out to uh, everyone in those uh, in our chat rooms. Appreciate you jumping in. We definitely want to have Blue Bloods in there, kind of give us some analysis, uh, some great content out there on YouTube. Uh, you know, hey, I want to mention a couple other news nuggets as we get ready to wrap up the show. Uh, of course, the FAMU football team had their awards hosted by Tiffany Green. I believe it was last Friday. 
Yes. Uh, so I think uh, now I was trying to do a rundown of who won what. I the best I could tell uh, because for some reason they posted the photos but never really said who was the award winners. I think right, I got you. I oh, got you, you got it. Yeah, I got something a little typed up. Give me a quick second to oh, access it. Oh, my man. Oh, okay. Look, hey, well, look, let me give another nugget. We'll come back to that in just a second while you're pulling that up, Marcus. That, that's why I got you on the show. I love you. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, baseball's right around the season, right? Or right around the corner. Um, we just got a release about FAMU baseball participating in the Andre Dawson Classic, the annual HBCU showcase held at the New Orleans MLB Youth Academy and Uno Maestra Field. Uh, seven HBCU teams. Uh, UNO is uh, University of New Orleans, by the way. That'll take place February 18th through the 20th. Um, that will be doubleheader baseball that'll air on Major League Baseball Network. Uh, this is FAMU's second appearance. The last time we were on or at this classic was 2019. And by my understanding, we are playing uh, one game against Prairie View A&M on February 18th at 3 o'clock. Then on the 19th, we are playing uh, Alabama State. And what's interesting about the 19th, that'll be played at the New Orleans MLBYA uh, field. We play the night game against Alabama State. The day game is a rematch of the SWAC championship game between Jackson State and Southern. So I'm going to tell you what. I, hey, and I'll tell you, you know what? I think that's the same weekend. As the Oh, oh my God. Look, I, I got to be in New Orleans. I got to be in New Orleans now. You got that going on, that day of baseball, Jackson State Southern followed by FAM and Alabama State. Woo, man, that, that is going to be ridiculous going on. There's a, is Mardi Gras over on the 19th? I hope so. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Oh, no. God, how? Mardi Gras literally goes from February probably to about late March. <laughs> what are they thinking? How they do don't care, man. It's it's they have they, now mind you again, COVID kept yes. people from celebrating Mardi Gras. Right. So I want you to keep that in mind that people have been waiting for this whole Mardi Gras thing for a long time. So it's gonna be gumbo and all kinds of stuff everywhere, man. So just just be ready for, you know. And the New Orleans people are so cool, man. It's like amazing. Um, you you may not want to come back and stuff. Just stay safe. Uh, Sunday on the 20th, February 20th, uh, Southern against FAMU over at the University of New Orleans. So, uh, Nation, you've got a reason to go to New Orleans that weekend. I mean, you've got Mardi Gras. You've got the Andre Dawson Classic. You've got our guys who are playing in the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Man, look, just put a circle around that, all right? Um, so, yeah, that, that's happening. Uh, so uh, just want to make everybody aware of that. Go to uh, famuathletics.com. Go find out more information about that in terms of where you can purchase tickets and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't see the website for the Andre Dawson Classic, but – uh, it'll be uh, MLB Network is where it'll be broadcast. So actually, the only two games on MLB Network 
is that Saturday doubleheader, Jackson State Southern, FAMU, Alabama State. Those are the only two games that MLB Network will broadcast. So that's uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern as well. Marcus, did you find the uh, awards? I did. And I didn't – I had them. Well, basically, I typed them up when I was watching it. So hopefully I get everything correct. Okay. But uh, the Dr. Humphreys Academic Award went to punter Chris Fadul. Most Improved Player Award went to D.B. Courtney Cox. <coughs> Excuse me. Rudy Hubbard Pitt Scout Team Player of the Year was um, Leland, Leland Wilhoyt. Running uh, back. Yep. Uh, newcomer of the year is going to be was um, uh, Sherrod, Sherrod, Demarian. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, freshman of the year award went to Gentle Hunt. Uh, the Colonel Ronald Joe Courage Award went to uh, Rashawn McKay. The Greg Coleman Special Teams Player of the Year award went to kicker Jose Romo Martinez. Bob Hayes Offensive Player of the Year Bishop Bonnet. Earl Holmes Defensive Player of the Year Isaiah Land. Willie Gallimore MVP was Marquise. Uh, the Dr. Robinson Team Captain Awards went to Rashawn uh, Bishop, uh, Chad Hunter, and Marquise. The Unsung Hero Awards for football, uh, Craig Gaines, Dietrich McClellan, and Jimmy Collins. I believe there's an Unsung Hero Award for athletics or athletic supporter, uh, Carmen Cummings. Uh, the Service Award went to Roy Moore. And a campus partner award went to went to Nicole Murray and Dr. Shanta Friday Stroud, and the Iron Pillar Service Award went to the entire athletics training staff. Marcus, you, you look, you man, my God, that that info right there alone, exclusive. Because if you didn't watch the show, that info is not anywhere else. I'm just gonna be real, okay? Marcus just dropped a dime. Marcus, you got that typed up. We got to drop that on our Facebook page. That story by Marcus uh, Green, who uh, <laughs> a great recap, because I trust me, I went two days trying to find that info, and I tried to rewatch. I just can't, I just can't rewatch award shows. I, it's hard. It's, it's hard. I just can't do rewatches on them. So I'm glad you were able to watch it live. But uh, those names, those award names, man, shout out to – I don't know if they've always had those award names or whether Coach Simmons came up with those, but that is great, man. I, I love I love the tie-in of the heritage and history of FAMU football in some of those awards, man. We we gotta we gotta publicize that. Um, shout out to the Marcus Green and the ONG Strike Zone, man, for for recapping that. You know, we uh, one other nugget with that is that like halfway, I guess, when they did the kickoff you can see where uh christian miller he was in attendance and I'm, i don't know if all the recruits were there but he was in attendance and tiffany green was was giving them i don't know if she was giving them the spiel but they were talking for a good little bit it just happened to be right on the front of the camera where they had a position so she talked to him you know have a conversation with him and you know coach simmons was walking him around i think uh colonel greg had a talk with him so he met the folks but he got another eyeful, so that week was full for the recruits. And two other recruiting nuggets, uh, not from this weekend, but just looking forward. It seems like, you know, my thumbs were tired yesterday. And Coach Simmons, he's, I think he put out at least 15 offers between the last day and a half or so for class of 2023, 20, 24, and 25. Right. And, and so 
you know, I'm still catching up, you know, getting my data all collected for all the offers that have been made. They have been busy between uh, Tallahassee, some Texas, some Florida offers. So they've been out there for the next two or three classes. And the other thing, and I think I may have shared that with you guys, you know, off camera, is that um, for class of 2023, he's shooting, he's going from, like, there's a story we used to tell back in the pit. Like, you know, we would think we're not talking to these recruits. We're uh, like Charlie Brown trying to talk to the little red-haired girl. <laughs> well, that was then. Right now, Coach Simmons is like an honorary splash brother because he's shooting his shot. He's coming in the gym. We have 17. We have offered 17 of the top 350 players for the class of 2023, including the number one defensive lineman, our former AD son, Overton, the number one linebacker, we offered him as a ninth grader in Texas, Anthony Hill, the number one running back, uh, Richard Young out of Lehigh, and the list just goes on and on and on. So, And this is not including the couple that we've offered the last day or so. We offered a former NFL, line, uh, NFL lineman's son, uh, Mike Myers, his son was just offered today. He's a four-star out of Texas. And we offered a couple folks yesterday who are in that same realm and maybe within the top 350. So Coach Simmons is really, really taking advantage of the notoriety, not only of having a winning season, but everything else that happened in 2021 and just going for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm still standing on my prediction that by 2023, we'll get a four-star straight out of high school and be happy to have it this year, Mr. Miller, but I'm still standing on it. And I mentioned that, I think in the first show that we did, that you actually happened to have me on. And I'm still just looking at the offers and looking at everything that FAMU's doing. Can't guarantee it, but it would not be a surprise. Man, Co Coach Simmons is a, look, we understand that marketing background that he has. Uh, he, he is putting it to good use, and I'll tell you that. Well, you know, I want to say the thing is, it's not just the marketing expertise, because when people are phony, you pick up on it. Um, yeah. You know, recruiting is a lot about relationship, and so what this speaks to is the authenticity um, of his pitch, the authenticity of what he's communicating, the authenticity of what he's selling. I think when you watch the whole um, Why Not Us series, you're getting a peek into um, who we really are as a program, who Coach Simmons is as a family man. And it speaks to those that are looking for a family-type atmosphere, a real brotherhood where there is accountability and most of all, success people don't want to come to a program and lose you know for the next four years and i think you know when you watch the guys that are recruiting on twitter they're selling a winning atmosphere these guys are coming in expecting expecting to win um and so there's a you know there's a level of um of uh strength to what coach simmons is selling and people are buying into it because they see it let us go into Chapel Hill next year and beat the University of North Carolina. Let us beat Jackson State. And it's going to send everything to a whole different plateau and level. He understands. 
maybe better than any coach that we've had in recent years. I Maybe I'm wrong here, but he understands the entirety of what he has in front of him, which is Florida A&M University in all of its facets. We are now, what, the number one public HBCU. Again. Again. Well, again, yes. Uh, and go ahead, go ahead. Nah, you just, you know, just a lot of people, uh, a lot of people like my brother Edwin Moore out there, you know, seem to feel like, you know, I had something to do to brainwash Scotty. I didn't brainwash Scotty. <laughs> Let me just tell you, like, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University sells itself. You know, it we're still the only HBCU to win the Time and Preston Review College of the Year. Has Jackson Great. State won that? Has Grambling nope. won that? Has nope. Texas Southern won that? Nope. Has Howard won that? In nope. fact, who is the number one public HBCU like four years running now? Like, Preach. get out of here. Look, listen, FAMU doesn't have to sell. I don't have to sell FAMU. When you come in, in fact, you should have applied to FAMU and gone to FAMU, and then we wouldn't be having this discussion. Then you'd be able to see the magic that is Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University located on the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee, Florida. Love you. Too hot, folks. That's Kofi Hemingway. Uh, <laughs> man, I tell you, we got to go. We look. Yes, Andre Dawson is a FAMU alum. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. That's what I said. That's why we belong in that classic. So, uh, Marcus, man, I uh, appreciate you coming in, dropping those great nuggets and dimes. Uh, man, it, it's been great. Ty came in. Ty Floyd came in. Two strong segments. And, of course, uh, Kelvin Kofi. You you guys took the uh, burden of everything that I'm juggling off of my plate. I love you. I appreciate you. Great show. I hope everybody out there enjoyed the heck out of it. Next week, National Signing Day, hashtag strike 22. Get out there and let these recruits know. Listen, I'm know. fully expecting 100 people on here next week. Tell a neighbor, tell a friend. We already got Blue Bloods on here, man. It's going to be an incredible discussion with all these new rattlers coming in. It's going to be great. And also well keep in mind, we still, I don't know if anybody's visiting this weekend, but the last couple of years, Coach Simmons has some surprises on signing day. So I don't know if that's going to change or not, but there could be some surprises. Hopefully Mr. Miller isn't a surprise. Hopefully he's been charmed by who, whatever else or whomever else, distraction committee, the whatever was put on, put a charm, but maybe someone else has, has seen the light and they'll become signing on Wednesday. Well said, well said. That's going to do it for uh, today's ONG Strike Zone. Go ahead and hit us up with an email, your thoughts and comments, ongstrikezone at gmail.com, right there at the bottom of the screen. Uh, we love to hear from you. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. You can find it on my JBN or my BCSN. Uh, simple search in your Google or Apple Play Store. And then, of course, hopefully you're already following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If not, go follow us right now. One or two of those social media platforms, and then go tell a friend. Go tell a Rattler, first off, before you tell another friend. Go tell two Rattlers and one non-Rattler. That's how we do this. Two, non -rat two Rattlers, one non-Rattler. Let them know about the show. And that one who's not a Rattler will become a fan, just like some of the people we've converted in the chat room. Or at least they'll say they're a fan quietly. All right. That's going to be it for this show. Next week, National Signing Day. 
Hashtag strike 22. We'll see what the Rattlers have in store. The men and women are in Alabama. So if you're in Alabama, go support. Go show them some love. Let's pack out those places on the road. Let them know that FAMU is a basketball school too. All right, that's going to do it. For Kofi, Kelvin, Marcus Green, and Ty Floyd, who are guests today, I'm Brian Fulford. Peace and love, Rattlers. Make sure you guys are out there uh, being well, be safe. And strike, strike, and strike again. All right, peace out.